Hey everyone, and welcome to The Ad Project, an ongoing series about two guys who put their heads together to start the world's most advanced Amazon advertising agency. They've obsessed over all things in the Amazon advertising world, built an industry-leading platform to gain deeper insights, and continuously test, trial, and push to uncover the most effective advertising strategies. Now, they're going to help you grow your Amazon business by pulling back the curtain to share what they've discovered. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Ad Project Podcast. Uh, you're listening to Matt and Joe. So for those who don't know, we own Ad Advance, which is a digital advertising agency, and we've got campaigns generating over hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. We're obsessed with finding the most effective Amazon advertising strategies, and then we built a system around it. So now we're here to share insights and give you weekly updates on trends, strategies, and best practices. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? Doing well, Joe. Yeah. So today, what we're going to focus on is sponsor products manual campaigns. So on the last episode, we really hit on sponsor products auto campaigns, and now we're working our way down the funnel to the manual side. So for those who don't know, key benefit of manual campaigns is that you get to specify specific targets, um, whether it's keywords or product targets that each have their own unique bids. So for auto campaigns, we could just specify bids for the separate targeting types, whether it's close match, loose match, complements, or substitutes. In this one, we get to specify unique bids for each and every target, whether it's a keyword or product target. So Matt, maybe can you walk us through manual campaigns, how they're structured, what's the typical controls that you have, and the different types of match types that we have for these campaigns? Yeah, definitely. So you said it, the key advantage of manual campaigns over auto campaigns is that you can specify your own specific targets, uh, whether keywords or product targets, and assign each of them their own unique bid. So that gives you substantially more control over your campaign's performance. So the key components of a manual campaign would be keywords and product targets. Within a manual campaign, you can have ad groups, and ad groups can't house both keywords and product targets within the same uh, ad group. They're either a keyword targeting ad group or a product targeting ad group. So the way we'll structure manual campaigns, is typically in a series. So we'll have an auto campaign uh, used for discovery. We'll find converting keywords and product targets, then move them down the funnel into that manual campaign. Within that manual campaign, we'll have ad groups for keywords, ad groups for product targets. We'll typically use ASINs as product targets. We don't use a ton of category targeting just because they tend to be quite a bit more broad. On the keyword targeting side, we take advantage of all match types. So my recommendation when you're setting up your auto and manual campaigns would be in your manual campaign, have an ad group for broad, phrase, and exact match keywords housed in independent ad groups because each serves a different purpose and they'll perform in a unique way. So that just gives extra visibility, extra control over that performance. You know where to go when you drill into a campaign to make adjustments and drive the results that you're looking for. Yeah, and this is another campaign type that's really near and dear to my heart. So one of the first tools that I ever developed as a seller to help out with my advertising was a campaign funnel structure. And back in the day, in 2014, 2015 timeframe, we just had sponsored products auto campaigns and sponsored products manual campaigns. Product targeting manual campaigns didn't even exist then. And so one of the first things that I built out was a campaign funnel structure that would automatically find good performing search terms, and they were all keywords at the time, 
and I would move them downstream to my manual campaigns. So Matt, maybe can you walk us through the general structure that you usually use for the campaign funnels? And then we can talk through more specifics on when you'd use each type. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, like I said previously, I typically have an auto campaign for uh, a unique product group and then a manual campaign that mirrors that auto campaign in terms of the products within each ad group and the ad group structure. One of the really useful tools as a seller that you can use are search term reports and bulk files, bulk operations. If you're going to use those reports for optimizing your campaigns and you want to use a funnel approach like we do, which is totally recommended, it helps you generate substantially better results. One of the key pieces of structuring your campaigns is using consistent naming conventions. That way, when you're funneling from auto to manual, you can do a simple find and replace on the campaign name to move that target down the funnel uh, using Excel bulk operations. And it just generally helps the organization and housekeeping of the account, which is important. Yeah, also uh, a key thing, make sure that the same products that you have in your auto campaigns are also grouped together in your manual campaigns. And to simplify things down, make sure that the naming between your auto campaigns and your manual campaigns is similar. So when stuff converts really well in the auto campaigns, it's a lot easier to know where you want to put these search term or product targets when moving it downstream. And that the same products are included in all those campaigns, whether it's between the auto or the manual campaigns. Yeah, that's the key piece, just mirroring the product mix within the ad groups and within the campaign type. The other recommendation that I'd have would be to house each keyword match type in separate ad groups, just because what we'll use broad match for, or phrase match and exact match for, will be quite a bit different and they'll perform quite a bit different at each stage in the funnel. So a typical manual campaign for say one product or one product group would have potentially four ad groups in it. A broad match ad group, a phrase match ad group, an exact match ad group, and a product targeting ad group. That segmentation just, again, helps with control, visibility, and the organization of your account. So walk me through, I've got my auto campaigns running, and let's say I'm selling luxury watches, and I see the search term stainless steel luxury watch that converts really well in my auto campaigns from the search term report. Walk me through what you do with it when you move this downstream. Sure, yeah. So just as a general rule, when I move something downstream, I would move any search term that converts in the auto to the manual campaign, even just one conversion, regardless of ACOS even. When I do that, I negate it in the auto, so it strictly exists in the man our manual campaign. In doing so, we'll build data in the manual campaign exclusively. That gives you more to work with. And uh, regardless of performance, you have more control over how a keyword performs in a manual campaign than you do in an auto campaign. Auto campaigns, you set bids based on four general categories. In a manual campaign, even if it's a poor performer, we can bid it down lower than in the auto campaign, drive down CPCs and potentially produce an ACOS that's reasonable, that meets performance expectations. So when I'm moving a keyword like luxury stainless steel men's watches out of auto into manual, we'll move it into the phrase ad group to start. The key reason for that is because phrase match 
allows for some permutations. Somebody can append a keyword to the beginning or end or multiple keywords, but that phrase has to exist in their search term. So we can pick up on more solid performing targets related to that query. The reason why I don't plow it directly into exact is because I want my exact match ad group to house my winners, my top performers. And so by moving it from auto into phrase first, A, we can pick up more permutations that perform just as well as when it initially converted, perhaps better, but B, it's, it's a proving grounds. As it converts again, and it meets performance requirements, then we move it into the exact. And then as we build out that exact ad group where we have the most control and the search string that somebody types into Amazon is exactly what our keyword is, we know we have winners in there and we can uh, really fine tune performance, drive more exposure to those really top converters, those top performers, and encourage productive spend, discourage unproductive spend. So it's a huge advantage. The reason why I went cloud into broad is because, well, it's a product of a ton of testing, but there are so many permutations that broad match keywords can match to that it can lead to unintended consequences. It forces you to add substantially more negatives potentially. Phrase match, we've just seen much better results for. It's the phrase that somebody typed into the search engine. The sequence of the keywords does make a difference. And so we've seen a lot better results by moving from auto to phrase to start and then into the exact as like the ultimate ad group containing the, your top performers where we have the most control. Yeah. So say, for instance, we have luxury stainless steel watch and it converts well in auto campaigns. What Matt does is he moves it downstream to our manual phrase campaign and enters in that search term. So the luxury stainless steel watch as a phrase match. And then at the same time, what he does is in the auto campaign sets a negative phrase. And the reason that we do that is when you set a negative phrase and for the negative phrase, you'd set luxury stainless steel watch. It forces the next impressions for a luxury stainless steel watch to show up in the manual phrase. And we want to move the impressions from our auto campaigns to our manual campaigns because we have more control now. Um, within the auto campaigns, you can't control individual bids. Within the manual campaigns, you can. And so we always want to make sure that we're moving those impressions out of the auto campaigns and into the manual campaigns once we see those conversions. Then, as they continue to prove themselves in the phrase ad group, if they convert again, now we can move them downstream to the exact. And like Matt was saying, in the exact, that's where we really want to have a lot of our winning keywords. And so that just gives us another level of control. So in phrase, if we have luxury stainless steel watch, somebody could type in luxury stainless steel watch for men. Another person could type in luxury stainless steel watch for women. The phrase keyword would be triggered for both of those. But say we have a men's watch, the men's uh, search term may convert better. So that one we want to move downstream. The women's may not convert well. And then what we can do is use negatives in our phrase campaign or a phrase ad group to make sure that we're excluding that. But by moving from auto to phrase to exact, you just have another stage where it's more of a proving ground. And by utilizing a phrase match instead of going directly to exact, it allows you to find other long tail keywords. Because say if we move directly from auto to exact with luxury stainless steel watch, 
if somebody typed in luxury stainless steel watch for men, our exact campaign or exact keyword would not trigger that. And so that's why we like to go to the phrase um, keyword because there's so many permutations with what people can add on the front or the back end to these keywords. So that's one key piece. Uh, Matt, as we're looking at different keywords, like when we talk about long tail versus short tail, can you kind of explain the difference between the two and where you might use each? Yeah, definitely. So long tail keywords are traditionally low funnel keywords, meaning they're more targeted. They have a number of descriptors attached to them that relate to the product. So a long tail keyword would be luxury men's stainless steel watches. That is an uh, a number go. of descriptors <laughs> associated with it. That's a mouthful. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, and so that's a longer tail keyword. A short tail keyword, an extreme example would be just straight up watch. That's as short as it gets. Or men's watch. It's not very targeted. It doesn't speak specifically to a product that they're looking for. It's probably a customer, a shopper that doesn't know exactly what they want and they're they're browsing, they're, they're potentially lower intent, higher in funnel. So one of the key things though, uh, with those long tail and short tail keywords is they reach a different audience and they drive different levels of exposure. The amount of people that search for luxury stainless steel watch for men is going to be substantially lower than the people that search for men's watch or just watch. So if you're looking to drive awareness and drive volume to your products and get a lot of eyes on it because you have a compelling offering, a uh, low price or whatever, you, you want to get a lot of eyes on your product, build your brand, those high funnel, shorter tail keywords can be really effective. But we never want to ignore or move away from long tail keywords because they'll flat out convert, they'll perform well. And even though they're lower volume, they're going to have much higher conversion rates and deliver strong results. So will always target those long tail, low funnel keywords because they're going to be solid profit drivers. They're going to make money directly from your ads from those in a lot of cases. Those high funnel, they maybe won't earn you a return on your ad spend that's favorable to margin. It maybe won't return profits, I mean to say, but they'll reach a large audience and they'll get traffic to your store, to your product. So there's a lot of uses for both types. Yeah. And, and so one mistake we, we commonly see with newer sellers who are getting into Amazon advertising is really focusing on those very broad keywords. So you look at it and you see all the volume associated with men's watch and try to target that. And what ends up happening is that results look really poor on the advertising side. If you're looking in terms of ACOS, and the reason is that the term that you're targeting is so broad that you're going to get a ton of browsers. And not a lot of people are going to convert to sales. They're just looking for ideas at this point. Whereas when somebody types in a very specific search term, so luxury stainless steel watch for men. Now at that point, you can really segment down your audience. So people looking for a women's watch aren't going to type that search term in. And so once you really narrow down your market with the longer tail keywords, those ones tend to convert really well. And that's what we're really trying to do with our funnel structure is start at the very broad range in the keyword discovery phase and work our way down to those very long tail keywords that fit your product really well are going to convert well and allow us to bid more because they convert so well that they're still going to lead to a solid ACoS. So that's just the, the high level viewpoint of really what we're trying to do there. 
So Matt, one, one piece that we didn't hit on is you said to set up a broad ad group, but we're not moving any converting um, search terms. We move, we go directly from auto to phrase. So can you give me some instances where you use the broad keyword targeting type? Totally. Yeah. So we're not just relying on funnel automation to tell us what keywords and product targets to bid. We're doing our own manual keyword and product target research. It's a super important step of the campaign design process and something that you should frequently review to make sure you're getting the most out of your campaigns. So where broad really comes into play is exactly what you were speaking to earlier, long tail keywords. So you mentioned we don't traditionally see a ton of long tail keywords in the campaigns that we review before we take a client on. And that can be because it's tough to come up with long tail keywords that are indexed that people actually search for. So this is where broad match comes into play. Long tail broad keywords are awesome. You can pick a couple descriptors related to a product, pair it with a primary keyword, one of the main keywords for the product group that you're advertising, and come up with 50 permutations that you'd otherwise have to enter as independent keywords. So an example of that would be luxury, stainless, watch, men. Those four keywords could be mixed in any order, but when all of those attributes, those descriptors exist, that search, that audience is probably looking for your product. So that's where independent keyword research, coming up with, with a list of attributes and then appending them to like major short tail keywords related to the product comes into play. It can uh, generate amazing results. So we like to use long tail broad in our campaigns. It allows us to enter maybe a list of 10 or 15 long tail keywords rather than a list of 50 or 100. And we don't have to necessarily worry if that exact keyword is indexed because it's going to match to a large number of keywords that are searched for and, and indexed and will generate volume. So it's an awesome tactic that I'd recommend to all the sellers that are listening to this. For sure. For sure. And so one other piece that, that we get a lot of questions on is, all right, a, a keyword that you can add into your campaigns is your own brand. So we won't get into the nuances on should you advertise for your brand or should you not? Uh, we can probably do a whole episode on that and take all the viewpoints into account. In general, we're big into advertising for your brand on Amazon for a wide variety of reasons. But just in general, how do you treat branded versus non-branded keywords in manual campaigns? Sure. Yeah. So one of the key things that you should be doing with your brand defense keywords is segment them into a separate campaign. Don't house branded keywords with your general keyword targeting category keyword campaigns. They're are a ton of benefits for having them in separate independent campaigns. The first is visibility. They're totally different strategies. So having them in two separate campaigns gives you high level visibility into how each is performing. Second, budget. Uh, budget exists at the campaign level. You maybe don't want to keep your branded campaigns budget limited, but you need to keep a cap on your general keyword targeting campaigns. By segmenting them, you're able to do that. Third, if you mix everything together, those branded keywords are going to overstate the performance of your manual campaign. Branded keywords traditionally produce very low ACOSs, ACOS because they have high conversion rates. You'll win out at auction in most cases at lower CPCs. They produce great results. We don't want those to overstate the performance of 
uh, your manual campaigns for a number of reasons that actually have real performance impacts too. So separating them in a separate campaign, transparency, control, better performance, you name it. For sure. Yeah. And in general, branded campaigns are going to do really well just because they're going to convert at a very high rate. Um, and typically, Amazon determines that you're really relevant for your own brand for obvious reasons. And so you can typically get these ads at a very low cost per click with the high conversion rate leading to great ACOS or ROAS while fending off any competitors who are trying to steal your space, your sales uh, for anybody who's searching for you. And so we'll dig into that in a lot more detail in a future episode, because I know it is more of a controversial topic on when you do and do not advertise for your brand. Um, so that will be a fun one to get into, but we'll just uh, cut that off there um, and we'll get into it in much more detail in a future episode. So the the other campaign type that we have are product targets. So this was a big addition um, when we can start doing product targeting campaigns um, to our manual campaigns. Um, so walk me through ASINs versus categories. And do you target your own ASINs, your competitors' ASINs? Like, how do you really find what to target? Walk us through how we've got to incorporate into the funnel structure. And then when do you consider using category targeting? Sure. Yeah, so product targets, first off, trigger an impression on product pages. So when you browse search results, you click through to a product, you're looking at a product detail page, all the ads that show up on that product page tie back to product targets, essentially. So when you're doing product targeting, you can use category targeting or individual ASINs. Category targeting is more general. You're targeting all the products within that category. Product targeting, individual ASINs, means you're specifying individual products. So you can pick the products where you have an advantage over in terms of reviews, fulfillment, price, and you can set independent bids for each of those targets. It's kind of like the auto versus manual difference in, in performance. You have a lot more control in a manual campaign, less control in an auto because you're bidding based on blended average performance across a ton of search terms. With product targets, individual ASINs, you can specify specific bids and control based on each ASIN's individual performance. Category targets, you're bidding based on blended average of all the product targets rolling up to that category. The key to success with category targeting is using refinements. So what you should be looking at when you're using category targeting are price refinements especially. That's one of the major drivers of conversion and whether somebody considers your product over somebody else's. So if you choose products that have higher price points than your products, you'll probably see substantially better results in terms of category targeting. And then the rating modifiers are a really good tool too. So you could specify products with uh, a rating worse than yours. So maybe you choose to target all products in your category that have three and a half stars or worse. So category targeting can be successful. It can be a good product target discovery tool, but just make sure to use those refinements to see the best results and make sure you're targeting uh, an audience that would be interested in considering your product. Otherwise, conversion rate will suffer. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so this is gonna wrap up our conversation on sponsored product manual campaigns. So really key takeaways. So if you're getting new manual campaign structured, so make sure that you've got a structure where you have separate ad groups for broad, phrase, exact, and product targeting. For those that already have manual campaigns running, 
the key thing is making sure that you've got a solid funnel structure that's continually moving high converting keywords or product targets downstream. So whether they convert well on the keyword side in an auto campaign or the product targeting side, they're continually moving these downstream and getting to the point where it's going from the very wide end of the funnel to the very narrow end of the funnel as you go. Other things to keep in mind for product targeting, if you do use categories, make sure that you've got filters along with those or else it can be very broad. And then the, the final piece is if you're using broad keywords, make sure that you're focusing more on longer tail. Um, so you've got a lot more different types of search terms specified within those longer tail um, broad keywords. And that just makes sure that you don't go too wide and get a lot of irrelevant search terms that are coming in tied to that broad keyword, which wastes a lot of spend. So from here, once you've got that structured, you've got a great campaign funnel structure which can perform really well, give you a lot of great results, and sponsored products drive so much volume overall on Amazon. So these are all key pieces to success. In the upcoming episodes, we're really going to be digging into um, how do you structure what products go into each of these funnels, digging into campaign or keyword research, and then also product targeting research. So outside of just what's generated in the auto campaigns, how do we figure out what to put in these manual campaigns as we go? How do we find other different targets that we incorporate in for new product launches? How do you figure that out when you don't have as much data? Um, that's all pieces that we're going to cover coming up. So thanks a lot for listening. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you soon.